What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 123, here with my guy, Bradson. How are you? Uh, I am good. I am good. I am excited. We are a couple days away from the Champions League starting, the group stage getting ready, and there's just so, so, so much to talk about beyond that. We got to talk about Messi. We got to talk about the Premier League. We got to talk about Brighton and how good they are and Manchester United and how mm, they are. Uh, but we will get to all that. But I want to start today, Alex, before asking you how you are. Um, I, I got to bring this up. OK, I, I don't know how much we you know, you and I get a chance to talk about the Eredivisie. But how cool is it that there are three clubs in the Eredivisie that have won all four games to start? Mm. Uh, Feyenoord, I think Azed Alkmaar. And then there's a team FC Twent, right? We, you and I both know this team. Um, but what happened was FC Twent over the weekend um, beat, I, I wouldn't say just beat, they crushed Ajax, okay? Ajax is off to their worst start ever since 1965. 58 years of history of Ajax uh, getting beat up on right now. And the best part of it is their manager, Maurice Stein, okay? He was scored on by his son, who plays for FC Twent. 21 years old, and he scores one of the three goals to win 3-1. to one. And I, I don't know, I didn't do the history, but if we can start this off in episode 123, tell us in the comments section if you know other <laughs> sons that have actually scored against their managerial fathers uh, in footballing history because, my goodness, um, FC Twent's a pretty young team. And Sam Stein, um, you know, just beating up on a woeful Ajax. And it just makes you think, like, I think there's a changing of the guard happening in the ear divisie. Um, and I knew we weren't going to talk about it later. So I just wanted to bring it up now right off the bat. Uh, because what better way? Uh, we've all wanted to, like, be better than our dads at things. What better way to do it, right, um, than score a goal uh, against your dad and probably get him fired in the it's very true. near future? It's That's true. And <laughs> it's pretty bad. And Twenty is really an interesting case that will... For sure, be talking more on episode 100 and many more <laughs> because Twent yeah. is a Wonder Kid team. But Feyenoord, you said with Arne Slot, Mats Weifer, Igor oh, yeah, Paixão, yeah. Santiago Jimenez, Hanku that played against Portugal over the weekend. A lot of interesting players, but you said it. In this podcast, we'll be talking about Messi. We'll be talking about the yeah. Champions League. We'll be talking a little bit what's happening in Qatar that if you know what's happening in Qatar, comment down below showing that yep. you have that football knowledge and watching every single thing that's happening in the beautiful game. But starting off, mm. episode 123, Champions League predictions of Game Week 1. Okay, it's back, okay? The, oh, yeah. the best competition in Europe, okay? It's happening. And look, the predictions, tell us down below if you agree, if you disagree. Like this video because if you want to see more predictions, we see by that like count, okay, people? So, yeah. go bold. So, let's start from the Tuesday fixtures with one that yes. is going to be an interesting one. Asa Milan against Newcastle. Mm. Tonali against AC Milan. An AC Milan team that just lost 5-1. They need pure inspiration. And Rafael Young, mm. Pulisic, Olivier Giroud, Okafor, Chiquese. Yep. They need to do something about this. And I'm dying to see what's going to happen. But, whoa, Bretton, what are you thinking here? Oh, well, it brought me down to earth on the Rossoneri, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that was not just a, a, a beat 
That was a drubbing. That was a butt kicking, um, and one that hopefully will piss Pulisic and Chukweze and and obviously some of the more established uh, players on AC Milan off to the point where they're going to want to take it to Newcastle. Uh, but Newcastle uh, ground out a win, um, but they're new. They're not new, but they haven't been in the Champions League in a while. So I am going to pick AC Milan, chip on their shoulder, angry that they basically lost to Inter Milan for the fifth time in a row. Ooh. I repeat, five times in a row they have lost to Inter Milan in the Milan Derby. That's terrible. It's unacceptable. And I think that AC Milan is going to bounce back here at home and they will beat Newcastle 2-1. to one. And I will say that Christian Pulisic will also bounce back and he will <laughs> score in this game. And I like Pioli, but that stat isn't good. Five losses? No, like terrible. Inter Milan with Inzaghi. We'll be talking more about them. But yes, Breton, it's going to yeah. be an interesting one. I wouldn't be shocked if a draw happens here. But AC Milan, I agree yeah. with you. Go, need a win. And I'll be going with AC Milan. Tell us what you're thinking about this okay. one down below. So yeah. another game here. Playing early. It's young boys mm. against Leipzig. Leipzig away. <laughs> and if we're talking about Leipzig, Leipzig sold. Josh Kokvartiol, but Simakin, Lukeba, David Rom, they're going bold. And the most important finger, figure, Xavi Simmons. Xavi Simmons uh, in four games yeah. has three goals and four assists. It's time to shine. Crazy. And in the Champions League, that's where he will shine. Pay attention yeah. to RB Leipzig with Xavi Simmons. Bold wonder yeah. kid people. Leipzig yeah. wins. So uh, I, think I'm, <laughs> I, I think I'm with you. Yeah, Sh uh, Leipzig wins. and uh, But I will say, Xavi Simmons might take the night off in the sense of uh, being on the score sheet all the time. Mm. I think because he was rested or he only played a little bit over the weekend where Xavi Simmons and uh, Lois Appenda were definitely the stars, I think it will actually Benj be Benjamin Sesko that winds up getting on the score sheet against young boys. But this ain't young boys. Uh, the young boys that has impressed us a lot in the uh, past, they've sold their best player Fabian Raider uh to start Renee so yeah I'm with you Leipzig wins easy <sighs> Leipzig and and you said it man Chesco Openda Daniolmo Leipzig Leipzig Great. even though they sold Guardiol they sold Shabozlai and Nkunku they have solid attacking options pay attention Absolutely. to them I am excited for this one that we're going to be talking now because yes mm. they lost they lost Anje Postegoglu but Celtic in the Champions League, they're not playing at home, but they're never easy. Feyenoord of Arden slots versus Celtic. What are you thinking, Breton? Um, this is in fire. This is in Rotterdam, so I'm gonna have to say Feyenoord wins this one. I don't Ooh. think this is the um, this isn't a Celtic team. If this were at Celtic Park, we'd have a tougher discussion. But I'm gonna say Feyenoord three to one because man, did you see them over the weekend? Six goals. And six different nationalities scoring those individual oh. goals. And how can you not get behind that? They've got Igor Pachau. They've got Santi Jimenez. They've got Jan Kuba Minte, who is on loan from Newcastle, scoring. Um, and they're coming into this match against Celtic, playing at home. 17 goals in the last three matches. I got to say, Feyenoord wins this. Oh, you said it all. You said it all. I am going <laughs> I'm going Feyenoord too. And my prediction is with Feyenoord, I think Santiago Jimenez most possibly will be at the goal sheet because this is one of yeah. the strikers that can be sold next summer for a fee that will be bold. Okay. They refused Feyenoord like 30 million. Okay. As, as it's rumored from many other teams. Mm. So pay attention True. to... Uh, Santiago, Santiago Jimenez. Okay, here. Lazio Atletico de 
Madrid, okay? This was a Ooh. tough weekend for both teams. Atletico loses 3-0 against Valencia. I wasn't believing what I was seeing, Brenton, okay? Simeone ball yeah. is not going bold. They had a good start before this Valencia game, but look, what a weekend it was for Felix. We'll talk more about that. <laughs> and Lazio. Yes. And yes. Lazio that lost to Juventus. I'm not surprised about that result, but still, it's, no. it's a bad result leading up to a game uh, against Atletico de Madrid. Lazio Atletico, what yeah. are you thinking? Bretton here. Uh, I think Simeone learns from his weekend butt whooping, <laughs> and I think that he at least pulls out a draw, a draw in the capital city. I think um, Lazio is there for the taking, um, but I also don't think that they're just going to lie down and take it. So I say draw. They go even, but yeah, I'm more more. Re- I'm more surprised over this weekend uh, at, at how bad both of them played. But Atleti needs it, and they need at least a point, and I think they're going to get it because they're not as bad as they played over the weekend, although they were horrible. Horrible. So. horrible. That was horrible yeah. what we saw. An interesting fact, this is no. Sarri against Simeone. So it's always mm. a good game to see two master tacticians in their own style of play that many people may not like. But it's always interesting to see a Champions League game with these two. I will be going with Atletico de Madrid because I think when it's Champions League, this mm. team takes different. Just like their neighbors in Madrid too. <laughs> but tell us down below yeah, if I you're mean... agreeing with our predictions. And make sure you like this video and the podcast showing that you want more videos just like this. But here, Brenton, mm. this is a big one. And mm. it's Paris Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm against Borussia Dortmund. A team of Borussia yep. Dortmund that over this weekend, Mats Hummels once again shows himself as a legend, okay? Remontada. New striker. The, <laughs> new striker. Remontada with the signature of Mats Hummels. <laughs> That's what they need against the PSG. Goals and set pieces. Do you believe against PSG, Breton? <laughs> uh, I think PSG is backed into a corner here. I oh. really do think PSG is backed into a corner. Listen, they're playing in Paris, but this is a very kind of I'm going to say it shockingly bad start to the season for PSG they're wasting seven goals to start in Ligue 1 in just four or three games I think for Kylian Mbappe um and they have they're drawn into the group of death they only have two wins in five to start Ligue 1 I think they'll they'll figure it out eventually and now they've got to face a, a Dortmund side that actually won but listen I'm not convinced by Dortmund I am not convinced uh, by them in the slightest. I honestly did not like the transfer window. I think PSG is going to win this one, and it will actually start uh, be PSG starting to put things together. As long as Kylian Mbappe is on the field um, and they're playing in Paris, I think that they will get this done against Dortmund. I th- I completely agree with you. I think this this is the moment. Mbappe takes different in World Cup, in Champions League, especially when it's yep. his last season, expectedly last season in Paris, okay? I think Mbappe could even score a hat-trick against Dortmund. He can go bold against this team that defensively has struggled in their past few games. Mbappe, this is the time, and this is the last season to win the Champions League. Tell us down below if something crazy can happen. And Luis Enrique, over the weekend, wasn't happy to see his team lose the way they did against Nice of Masterclass Mm -hmm. Mofi 2. You talk ab- loads about Mofi, Bretton. So him. you deserve Love a lot him. of credit towards the listeners that 
No, that no, because of you about Tere Monfi. Okay, tell us down below more players we have to be attentive to. Okay, over yeah. the market. But here, let's <laughs> see Man City against Red Star. I think both of us will agree that Man City <laughs> will win this game. And I want to say, four years ago, Erling Haaland had his debut, debut in the Champions League, and he scored a hat trick. Erling Haaland. And I fully expect. This Champions League season for Holland to have more goals than last season in the Champions League that he won. That he won. And I'd like to see in the semi-final yeah. and in the final, Holland being crucial and improving in that sense. And then winning the Ballon d'Or. And everyone would see him as the best player in the world too. But it'll be a Euro year. Yeah. Oui. It will be a Euro, yeah. Euro year. Hey, Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, yeah, and 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 maybe maybe a Euro year where uh, Norway will not qualify, which would be really really bad for Scotland. club football because that will ex that will extra piss Erling Holland off. That's for sure. He'll be scoring ninety goals in a year like uh, somebody else we know. But listen, well, we I, I got I, <laughs> yeah I got a enough. lot of flack right. I got a lot of flack for saying Red Star would finish fourth right in mm. this. So I'm, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this with open eyes because what better way to convince me otherwise than going uh, to Manchester and actually getting a point or something. Uh, but no, I think, I think Julian uh, De Bruyne, I'm sorry, Julian Alvarez uh, is going to, he deserves one, a lot of credit this season. Uh, he had two assists right the other day against West Ham. Mm -hmm. um, and he is just, I think he's going to be central to this win. I think they're going to make sure they get it done. And come on, Jeremy Doku getting off the mark, scoring his first goal for Manchester City. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make me any happier over the weekend for, for such a good kid that we've seen go from Anderlecht to Stade Rene to now Manchester. So yeah, I think Red Star, it just, uh, just so happens, or maybe it's a positive that they get what I think will be a butt whooping uh, out of the way in first match day. But I'm watching it extra carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see good things from this team from Belgrade, and we'll see if it happens. The but Etihad so. is now a tough team to at uh, a tough stadium to play now with Pep Guardiola yep. and Man City. I think we have to dedicate yes a bit of time here with Man City because Man City, yep. we both agree, is the favorite right now to win the Champions League. Man City too has the best defense in the world. They have Ruben Dias that is the best center back. A pure leader that has never lost the Premier League. And now they add Gvardiol. They have Akanji. They have Hake. All players that are comfortable to play with the ball at their feet. And defenders. Defenders. Mm -hmm. The style of play is ridiculous. And you said a name too. Julian Alvarez that is substituting the role of Kevin De Bruyne behind Erling Haaland. Five games, yep. two goals, three assists. Alvarez yeah. is delivering and showing the importance that he had to, no, the importance he had to last season for the European treble yeah. and for Argentina to win the World Cup too. And the last player, yeah. I, last two players, Bernard Silva. Bernard Silva's mm -hmm. extension is vital. And against when Sam, West Ham, we saw it in pure action. Such an intelligent player. The moves that he does, he improves everyone, everyone around him. The value of Bernard Silva for Guardiola is no doubt more than like a hundred million to lose this player because Barca wanted him big time. And the last player you said, Doku. Yeah. Doku, oh, ha he had like you said, Pep Guardiola at the end of the West Ham game, game said, Jeremy Doku is a proper winger. And we know when Guardiola's mm -hmm. he's saying these statements, 
this is going to be a world-class player in the next one to two years. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Doku and Man City keep, do yeah. keep doing this. Foden, Alvarez, Ruben Dias, Haaland, all reasonably young. And yeah, make Man City the, the favorite yeah. in all this. But tell me if you agree that, with everything that I'm saying. <laughs> tell me, because I want to yeah, know. Yeah, and there, there was... There's a lot there's a lot there but it is it's all new players for the most part. I mean yeah, we talk about Holland but uh Jeremy Doku that snapshot at the end of that run um I mean that's what he is known for that's what he can do and I can't wait to see it on the Champions League stage. Um so we'll see but I think Manchester City is going to wrap up group G uh relatively easily. And we'll until see. now all wins for Man City this season yeah. just like other teams like mm. Inter that we're going to be talking about but Man City have played oh, yeah. against West Ham away and Newcastle too at home that Newcastle was without De Bruyne a match that Foden and Alvarez had to deliver big time too. Pep Guardiola, squad rotation, rebuild, elite. That's why Man City yeah. has five Premier League titles in six years. But tell us down below if you're agreeing and if you're enjoying this podcast right until now. Okay, so yep. Barca. <laughs> now, yeah. this is what I'm excited. Barca against Antwerp, Breton. What do you have to say about this one? <laughs> Okay, let me start with Antwerp. Oh, uh, I yes. think Barcelona is going to win this, but let me just start with Antwerp. I am very, very excited from an FC Wonderkid perspective uh? to see how Arthur Vermeeren does on this type of stage. What better way to audition <laughs> for the, the, the large clubs of the large leagues than to play well against a Barcelona. But listen, I, I know you're going to talk about Jao Felix, so I will not steal your thunder in one second. <laughs> I'm going to talk instead about the embarrassing international window that Poland and Robert Lewandowski had. And I think that that very clearly, uh, you know, Lewandowski took that incredibly personally. Um, and as we saw in that ridiculous showing against Real Betis, and I think it's going to continue against Royal Antwerp. Um, so I, I, I only fear for Royal Antwerp at this moment in time. Um, I don't think it's a matter of if Barcelona win, wins. It's just a matter by how much. And I'll throw a little, uh, you know, nice little side bet in there. Laminia Mall gets on the score sheet in this one, scores his first <laughs> Champions League game. I love goal, it. I, I love it. Okay. A lot of topics, to, a, lot, a lot of things to mention from what you said. And just mentioning, yep. like you said, Artur Vermaren. A player like this on the market for 15 to 20 million, I agree with you. He's auditioning against Barca, and Barca might be the team to get him, okay? The playmaking ability of this man. Mark Van, Mark Van Bommel knows what's, know what, knows what's up, and that's why he's starting at such a young age. Pay attention to this game mm -hmm. and to that young midfielder. But <laughs> pay attention to Barca too, because I think Barca is going to be now the hot topic in the next three months, Breton. I'm fully excited for the Barca rebuild and yes Barca right now have the best goalkeeper in the world with Ter Stegen Courtois is injured they have one of the best fullback duos in the world with Balde and Cancelo they have an elite midfield options with Pedri, Gavi, Frankie de Jong, Oleo Romeo, Gundogan so many options of quality and they have one of the best strikers with Lewandowski that has the support of Jean Felix that will make a difference. Barca are built different this season, and Xavi and Laporta deserve big credit for what they're doing in this team. 
I, I don't know if the people know, but Barca won 5 0 against Real Betis. And Jean Felix, the intelligence, and I said it, mm -hmm. Jean Felix, best season at Benfica, was with a pure striker in front of him that was Seferovic that scored more than 20 league goals. Now with Lewandowski, I know at left wing, Felix with Lewandowski as striker, that will be one of the best duos watching for pure entertainment and intelligence in full mm. display watch barca and this is a new era right wing is a, uh, is a spot that they have to improve and we're i'm talking all this about barca breton and vitor hoc is going to yeah. be coming in january okay and uh, i true. hopefully a new <laughs> right winger too okay very hey, very how about, needed how about that dig that Joe Felix took at uh, at Chelsea after the fact, right? Just saying, you know, it's amazing what you can do. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it's amazing what you can do uh, when there's a club that actually has a structure, right? That has a particular playing style that likes to circulate the ball uh, faster and quick so that there's openings like that. Um, and you, you can tell who he was talking to without actually naming uh, names. But yeah, I, it's like we've always said, Joe Felix just needs to be happy and playing ball. And uh, I think he's going to find himself a hell of a home at Barcelona, which he fought for. So he fought for that move. And, so. and to uh, see what, I'm with like, you. what Laporta and Xavi did in two years, the new references of Barca. Pedri was developing, but Pedri's now big time. Pedri, Gavi, Ronaldo Araújo, Balde, now Felix, Cancel, Lewandowski, Gundogan, Frankie de Jong, Ronaldo Araújo, Conde, Ter Stegen. These are lots of names that are staying at this club, yep. and that will make them La Liga winners. I expect them to win La Liga this season. That's my prediction. And I expect them to beat okay. Royal and where two and tell me if you agree with what I'm saying here with Barcelona in this Champions League video. Uh, but yeah, the next game, Shakhtar Donetsk of the same group against Porto. <laughs> yep. Porto, that's look, I think I'm gonna stay for starters. I think Porto's gonna be, win this game against Shakhtar. Okay, yeah, that, 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 I, I'm not gonna disagree <laughs> with you. Actually, no, I am gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna say scrappy Shakhtar in Poland, even though they haven't played at home in what feels like years now, um, I think that Shakhtar will actually uh, scrap out a draw in this one. I don't think Porto's firing on all cylinders yet. Do you? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they are. Marcano got injured, too. That was a blow. That's a big mm. blow. But I still think Porto, it's in the Champions League that they need to get these financial funds, okay? To do transfers like Ivan Jaime, Alan Varela, others, staying with Diogo Costa. I know Otavio left for $60 million. That is a big Big replacement that they'll have to do. But I think Porto with Sergio Conceição, Champions League time, they took different. So that's why I'm going to okay. go Porto. But let us know if you're agreeing well, or disagreeing in the well, comment section down below. Yeah, well, and maybe and maybe uh, Shakhtar for this game, just this game, can get uh, Mikhailo Mudrik on loan from Chelsea so we can see the Georgi sudikov Mikhailo Mudrik uh, connection that we all want to see again. Uh, but no, in all honesty, without joking, all joking aside, uh, Sudikov is the one you want to watch on Shakhtar um, beyond obviously all the different players you want to watch on Porto but um, Shakhtar very very terrible once again uh, Champions League campaign where they can't play in their own stadium so uh, I, I think they're going to be scrappy I think they're going to get more points than most people give them credit for and they might be able to scrap out third place we'll see it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one but I think Port a third yeah. place would be positive after selling to yeah. Anatoly Trubin I agree with you now the Wednesday fixtures yeah. whoo Let's start here with a Galatasaray Copenhagen. A Galatasaray Love that it. now has Wilfried Zaha. They have Akim Ziyech, the 
first game, first assist too. Okay, watch this match because Ziyech is there. Mertens, so many interesting figures. And Icardi. Icardi that is happy and can score mad number of goals. I think it was 22 goals in his last 24 yep. games in the league last mm. season. Okay, that is bold stats. So I'm going to go with Galatasaray beating Copenhagen. <laughs> Yeah, beating FC Wonderkid. That's what we like to say. No, but I, I have two words beyond Akardi, beyond Zaha. It's it's Karamek Turkoglu. Um, I really, really like this 24-year-old. He's a winger. He's already got four goals, five assists, and 10 appearances this season in all competitions. And I think he's got three goals and three assists in his last four league games. So Ak Turkoglu is going to be the guy that is the glue for Galatasaray to beat FC uh, Copenhagen. But hey, attention is going to have to be paid to all those names that you mentioned. And that's why I think, yeah, Galatasaray um, is somebody that needs to be given respect in Group A, um, especially after what we've seen and how much development, you know, Manchester United might have to do. But we'll talk about them in a second. So, yeah, Galatasaray, I think, is going to show off their chops. And I think they're going to beat up on FC Copenhagen. But it's going to be a Turkoglu that you're going to want to watch moving forward. Ah, I like that. I like that mention, too. He's a player to watch. I completely agree. And important for his national team. Like, like that yep. shout. Now, you said it. Bayern Munich against Man United. Mm. Boy, oh boy. Man United. I already know, man. This is going to be a, uh, not a sad talk, but a, a realistic talk for what's happening. The Man United situation. I'm not going to put all blame at Eric Ten Hag. I think he has a lot to put, a lot to blame for what's happening. The manager must be. But look, the Glazers, I think, fundamentally are running this club the wrong way. And they have supported, yes, uh, Eric Ten Hag in a lot of transfers, but not enough in decisions that are like Mason Greenwood, Anthony, Sancho related, mm. off the pitch. You need the support and you need to be fundamentally rigid and having the culture of the team, the culture that, look, Ronaldo said it, okay? Ronaldo, once again, hated for speaking the truth. The culture of Man United is not the same, just like Mourinho said in the past. They have to change the management at the top. How didn't the Glazers even speak to a legend like Christian Ronaldo? He said that in the interview. Poor management. So, Eric Ten Hag, let's see if he has the support. But if not, I do see him manage one day another big team. Let's see. Let uh, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think we're at the point where we're definitely using the Glazers as more of a clutch, like the the evil behind the curtain or wh whatever you want to say. I, I agree that they're not who you want running the club moving forward, but th there's enough talent in this United side, although they have injuries, that they should be beating Brighton um, at Old Trafford or at least, you know, scraping out a draw. Um, so I do think Ten Hag gets more more flack uh, for this particular loss to Brighton uh, because I think Deserbi outclassed him. I think Deserbi outcoached him. And, um, and I agree, he's dealing with some raw deals right now. Uh, and the Glazers didn't force whatever to happen or whatever transpired with Greenwood. He didn't. They didn't force whatever transpired with Sancho, mm -hmm. and they certainly uh, didn't force their press to be completely ineffective against the Brighton um, side that they that was perfectly beatable. Um, Deserbi's great, but like, come on, you, you guys should be getting a point. So I agree with Man United supporters uh, booing at Ten Hag for taking off Hoyland, even if he is on a minutes restriction. But here, that's your silver lining. Hoyland looked pretty dang good, in my opinion. He looked like he is ready to beat up on somebody. The only wish 
I have for Manchester United is that it was against Copenhagen or Galatasaray first instead of losing at home and then having to go to the Allianz Arena. Um, so with that said, Bayern's beatable. Mm-hmm. Bayern is beatable. And I'm going to say Manchester United is going to be looking for a result. And if Ten Hag is the manager, if these guys are as pissed off as I think they are after that loss to Brighton, I really hope so. I think they're going to get a point at least and that they could potentially upset um, Bayern at Allianz Arena. And guess what? I have absolutely no basis but pure gut feeling on me saying that. Um, So I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to split the middle and I'm going to say Manchester United grabs a draw at the Allianz Arena. I, I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the devil uh, the devil in this for Man United fans. <laughs> I, I completely disagree. I think Bayern Munich will completely outclass Man United. I think Casemiro is looking very poor Oof. form. The Man United team has a big problem. That is, if Hoyland doesn't play, Martial plays. No, no options. Okay, and you see a Man City team, uh. an Arsenal team, even a Tottenham team. They seem like they have more options than them right now. An injury-prone team at Man United with Varane, with Luke Shaw, with Amrabat that was just signed. He's injury-prone, unfortunately. Mason Mount, they need solutions. And this Sancho situation with Anthony, I am very pessimistic. And even Maguire. I do understand that Maguire does get a lot of hate for wrong reasons, okay? But Maguire refused to leave Man United this summer. I know he believes that the best thing for Man United and him is to stay at Man United. But Man United fans, Eric Ten Hag, I think they have a better judgment from this. Maguire, please leave the club. It's the best for everyone. The best for everyone. You have more minutes for England than Man United. Okay? Stop. Mm -hmm. That's why you're getting just abused. Completely abused. You're one of the most most watched players in the world at Man United. Too. I, I, it's, it's, it's crazy for me what's happening with that. And Bayern against Leverkusen was the first game they dropped points this season, Breton. And Harry Kane yeah, has yeah, four games, true. four goals, and he knows how to score goals against Man United. And I think that will be the case. I am strong Man United true. in this game. <laughs> okay, you're 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 strong uh, against Start Manchester Bart. United in this Start. game. You're strong Bayern in this game. Okay, all right. I was uh, after all that. I was like, Wait, what? Oh, uh, no, God. and I, I agree. Like Harry Maguire is like waiting for his Richarlison moment. Yeah, it was great to see Richarlison get his little wow. limelight after the comments. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it's actually a consistency thing or something he can do uh, consistently. But. I, but there is no easy like, hey, let's. I'm just gonna like open the door and leave Manchester United. But yes, uh, transfer windows closed. Um, it's closed in Turkey now, I believe too. It's closed in Saudi Arabia. It's closed in Qatar. So Harry Maguire ain't going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> um, so there's gonna be a lot more abuse to come, or he'll have his Richarlison moment. We'll and see. Sancho. But my goodness. Sancho Oof, has yeah, to leave Sancho. Man United for the disrespect that is happening with Eric Ten Hag. Or it's Sancho or it's Eric Ten Hag. I hope Eric Ten Hag is the choice of the majority of the Man United fans because Mourinho didn't have the support, okay, in the past that Ten Hag had. And he managed to get a second place and a Europa League for this team, Jose Mourinho. But see this, mate. Sancho, yeah. the numbers of Sancho at Man United. In 2021-2022, Sancho had 38 games Five goals, three assists. After that, in 22-23, he had 41 games, seven goals, three assists. These are no, Mm. no, these are horrible numbers for what he has been bought to do. And they need a different player, okay? Or it's Sancho or it's Tanak. Tell us what you think. And in the Premier League, 
Eric Ten Hag and Man United in their last five games, they have three losses. That is a horrible, uh, horrible record. Okay, and losing not only horrible. Yeah, not only that, they've lost to Brighton the last four times. Ooh. Four times, Ooh. right? That's it, a tough it, one. Too, I, I believe that's I believe that's correct. I I have to double check that, but like they've also lost twice at Old Trafford, right? I Two see. times in a row to Brighton, and we'll talk about Brighton a little bit later on mm-hmm. once we get through the Champions Leagues. But um, I, I'm with you. But when this is the time, I mean, for yep. Ten Hag to try and make uh, I don't know the proper analogy here. Somebody that's better with their words could come up with it. Uh, but sifting through the chaos and getting results—that's what a manager should be able to do. But yeah, the deck is seemingly stacked against him at this moment uh, with all the infighting and, I don't know, uh, just focus on the football. It's, Play it's the right true. thing. There were things he could have there things he could have done against Deserbi, and I'm not a tactical genius. I am nowhere close to that. And in fact, that's my weak point when it comes to football. But even I was saying, do something. Change something up. And he did nothing against Brighton. He just laid down and took it when Deserbi, uh, you know, was was cooking. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. This is a, I think that this is a massive, massive fixture. If you get something out of this, you give hope. And maybe this could be that turning point because they still have enough, even with their injuries, they should have enough to get results, to get through this group and to, um, I don't know, actually win in the Premier League. They should get so, through this group. We'll I agree with you. I think if Galatasaray managed to do that, that would be crazy. But tell us down below your expectations for the Bayern Munich against <laughs> Man United games and the other fixtures we're mentioning. Real Madrid Union Berlin. I think Real Madrid are going to be winning this game. But I want to say it's disrespectful yep. that Vinicius Jr. is not nominated for the fifa best award i do not know who like makes this the final decision but look even infantino man don't let this slide man don't let this slide a player like vinicius jr that hands down if who knows ball knows he's at least top 10 vinicius jr for Mm -hmm. what he has done He's been racially abused over the last year. He is suffering in so many angles. FIFA Best Awards should demonstrate the support that shows what he's doing in football. Disrespectful. And I'm, I'm going to go with Real Madrid big time with Vinicius Jr. Yep. Look, if he manages to come back in time, look, I just wanted to say that, though. But Bellingham. Bellingham scoring against Union Berlin. Of course. Real Madrid. <laughs> Yeah, your your leading La Liga goal scorer, uh, Jude Bellingham. Um, no, and I'm gonna go with you here. I'm gonna say Real Madrid, even with all their absences and injuries, I think they'll be fine here. Union Berlin, I'm not gonna say that they've been found out, uh, but they obviously don't look as tidy. Um, they aren't getting the same fortunate, uh, you know, XG out performance um, that they did last season. So far this season, um, but again, the story and and how far Union Berlin has come to even get to this moment in time deserves uh, a look. So do yourself a favor. We don't have time here to go into it. Look at what Union Berlin has done over the last three four years um, before they likely get trounced by Real Madrid. Uh, <laughs> but still, amazing story. It's an amazing <laughs> in and story. of itself. It's true, and Union Berlin will be fighting. With Braga that we keep m- mentioning for the Europa League position, mm. most possibly. And this will be Braga at home against Napoli. Very interesting to see. But what do you reckon is going to happen here, Brett? Well, what, what happened this weekend? What happened this weekend? Braga Lost unceremoniously got... Yeah, that, that was a little bit shocking to me. Because here I was ready. I mean, this ain't the Napoli from last season yet. Yet, uh, Napoli has looked relatively toothless, but they have Victor Osimen. Um, but I don't think there's an upset in the cards here. I think it's going to be Osimen, um, and it might not be Kavard Skilia. It might be a 
I don't know who else. Somebody else. Uh, but uh, I think Napoli is going to get by Braga relatively comfortably. Um, but do you feel, I mean, you've got to throw some sort of a sideball or a curveball uh, at me here. Do you think Braga has what it takes to, to upset Napoli? I think, look, uh, I don't, I think Napoli are sure favorites, okay, even though they're playing away. I think Braga will want to impress, okay, in, in, in the Champions League. But what I got to say for people at home is pay attention to Ricardo Horta, okay, a player that is called up for Portugal against Napoli and Scored? for Al-Muzrati, okay? Al-Muzrati okay. is a Libyan baller, and I'm sure if he was English, Brazilian, even Portuguese, maybe he would be getting a lot more love. So pay attention to this player, mm. but I don't think that Braga will be winning, but let's see. I'm going Napoli with yeah. you too. Sevilla Lan, okay, another team that this look Lan, mm. what is happening this season at Lan? I think they have the same number of defeats that they had the whole entirety of last season already at the start yeah. of the season. That is a mad stats yeah. for a team that had Opinda, a team that had uh, Fana, a team that inspired yeah. a lot of people to watch them play football. So what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. They even they even held on to the majority of their defense too, which was one of their best attributes or their best uh, components last season. But very clearly, like Eli Wahi hasn't done anything uh, just yet for Lyon. Um, they're bad in Lyon, and I have a feeling that Sevilla will be able to get by them too. But Sevilla is not exactly covering themselves in glory either. Um, but it is Sevilla at home, so I will pick Sevilla. Um, and I think El El Naziri, if he's if he's, I don't even know, is he healthy? I really haven't seen him on the score sheet or anything of that nature. Uh, but if he's healthy, he will wind up on the score sheet against this one. But like Long, are I've just terrible so far this season. But Sevilla has lost to Valencia, Alaves, and Girona. So uh, this is like the toilet bowl of Champions League fixtures so far. Um, so we'll see if it gets better for these two, I'd say, uh, outside. Well, no, you like Sevilla to get through in this group, don't you? Well, you well do. I do think Sevilla will be in a European competition in February. That's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think most likely they'll be winning this game against La, even though they're both okay. in terrible form. I'm going to yeah, be going yeah, yeah, yeah. with two. Uh, I'm going to go with Sevilla winning this match. But let us know until now yeah. if you're agreeing. And make sure you like this video too. So last three mm. fixtures here. This is going to be an interesting one. Let's start here with yep. the London one first. Arsenal Let's against PSV. Champions League is back in London with Arteta leading the way with Martin Odegaard, Bukayo Saka, that is one of the best English players and a special inspired team that can prove something and learn definitely a lot mm -hmm. in this Champions League this season and Arsenal are Premier League contenders right now so it's an interesting yeah. picture to see I'm gonna go Arsenal well, with PSV Okay, and I, I will go with Arsenal as well, but we actually have a blueprint uh, to pull from. Last year in the Europa League, they played each other. Um, Arsenal won at home, PSV won at home. So they split the difference, believe it or not. Um, and <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But at the Emirates last season, right, uh, PSV had... Sangare, he's gone. Cody Gakpo, he's gone. Xavi Simmons, he's gone. Noni Matoeke, he's gone. But other guys have come in. First off, Luke de Jong is in ridiculous form. Ricardo Pepe got a goal and got in a fight with Irving Lozano uh, to fight for that penalty at the end of that game over the weekend, <laughs> which is something you want to see. And Joey Veerman is another guy that I'll continue to talk about. He is the glue that holds this team together. Um, he doesn't get enough love, and frankly, he should be on 
no offense to PSV, but he should be on a bigger team, um, if not this coming season, definitely uh, the next one. But PSV are unbeaten in their last 20 league games, but guess what? League games don't mean anything in the Champions League, and this is Arsenal, <laughs> and this is the Emirates. So I do also have Arsenal winning, but I think it's going to be a very close affair. Um, and I think you're going to see Johan Bakayoko uh, put on a little bit of a. Uh, he's going to he's going to expose those flanks. He's going to expose no the Arsenal Sergino flanks Dest. once or twice. No, Sergino, that's all uh, I know. Well, look at me. Sergio Dest is playing really, really well for PSV, and you're right. I should have shouted that out. I absolutely <laughs> should have shouted that out. Sergio Dest, uh, too, uh, for him to come in and then start him right away, I'm just happy to see him play ball again. Uh, and for a team that I think is going to be up there with Feyenoord at the end of the season fighting for an Eredivisie title, um, it is just great to see Dest uh, getting his playing time. And you got Malik Tillman, who hasn't yet quite gotten a uh, go of it at PSV. So, yeah, we've got some American buy on PSV Eindhoven, but if we're just talking about Joey Veerman and Luke de Jong right now, that's enough to at least potentially get a goal at the Emirates uh, if for some reason Arsenal's not tidy, but Arsenal's winning this game. I'm going to say 3-1. to one. And hopefully Arsenal will be starting Fabio Vieira, that that is seemingly yeah. working out better than playing Havertz. I think that. And we sure. see an interesting thing with the goalkeeping situation with Aaron Ramsdale and David Raya. Let us know who do you think will start for Arsenal against PSV? That's an interesting one. Okay, now, Real yeah. Sociedad Inter. <laughs> Inter, a team that beats 5-1 Asa Milan, a team that is fully oh inspired. And Inzaghi with Inter hasn't... They're, of course, hey, Inzaghi with Inter has four games, four wins, 12 goals scored, one suffered Ooh. right now. They have Bastoni that has remained in that team. Barella, Lautaro, Dumfries, Di Marco at fullbacks. This is a ridiculous team that we have to pay attention. And look, they went, they went to a Champions League final last season. They can definitely yeah. eliminate a tough team in the knockout stages. So I will be going with Inter, even though Real Sociedad will be too a difficult team. But I really think what Inter are doing, Miktarian, a brace. Then you have like Sanyano glue. Then you have like yeah. so many shrewd deals that are making sense. I cannot go against yeah. Inter, man. They're San Sebastian. Uh, get ready, man. <laughs> Yeah, and and the the crazy the crazy thing here is that that Milan derby that they just won and basically wiped the floor with AC Milan. Um, that didn't even really involve Latara Martinez. Uh, so Whoa. I think he's itching to get a, get a few goals, just meaning that he wasn't even needed because uh, Henrik uh, Mkhitaryan decided to turn back the clock and have like but the best performance uh, in an Inter shirt in a very long time. Uh, so I think I'm going to say it. Lautaro Martinez scores two goals and they beat Real Sociedad, but I think Takafusa Kubo has an assist and I think it's two to one. They went away. Inter. <laughs> But Lautaro has five goals and two assists this season, okay? Interesting and, yeah. and great duo partnership with uh, Turam, okay, that has two goals and two assists too. And yeah. Arnatovic in the mix too, okay? They had Zeko yeah. and Lukaku last season. So these aren't bad And I have, to, uh, I have to apologize to you because, yeah, I, I did uh, – I, I said some negative words, I guess, about the Marcus Turam uh, replacing Lukaku type of situation. My goodness, that was a – we'll see if it continues to happen, but what a nice goal that he had in that derby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm ready to eat crow if, if Inter keeps uh, deciding that they, they want to keep this win streak alive, but Inzaghi has him buzzing. So, and, and remember when go. Turam was going to play Inter against with Borussia Mönchengladbach and they didn't even let him go in. 
the stadium because they didn't yeah. recognize who yeah, he was. You have to show a picture from <laughs> Google. So from going to that to now being one of the players and star players of Inter, boy, oh boy. But you said Kubu. I want to ask you this in this yeah, podcast yeah. about Kubu. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to Kubu next season? Do you think Real Madrid mm-hmm. will make this, this decision to buy Kubu, which will cost Real Madrid $33 million, or do you think Kubo will be bought for his release clause and Real Madrid will be getting $27 million for that deal? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think he fits in at Real Madrid. They'll sell him um, for 27 So they'd be smart. We've sell, we've, no, the, we've I think they'd Akimi, be smart. We've to, seen Teo. Yeah. We've seen Odgaard. Mm-hmm. That can happen too. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Breton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they should cash in on him because I don't think he's going to... I, I, He's been really good for Real Sociedad, but I don't know if he's ready to be really good for Real Madrid. Mm, that's the, it's a big that's it's it. A, it's a doubt, but yeah. let us know what do you think, people. Would you sell or would you buy Takefusa Kubo? Okay, with Mbappe next. Good summer. question. It's as it seems. Yeah. But last that's but not question. least, here in Lisbon, Joko Simic is coming to Lisbon. Very interesting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Benfica against Red Bull Salzburg. Salzburg, that is always a team to watch Wonder Kids. Oscar Glock, too, Israeli. Uh, I Cam, very interesting yeah. player. But look, I'm going to yep. be going with Benfica. I think Di Maria is going to be having an assist at least and to help mm. becoming the all-time top assister in Champions League history that he has 38 right now. And he'll need 42 to become number one. That he'll do this mm. season. Di Maria. So, Benfica. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, and this is the Estadio de Luz, right? Um, I I just don't see Salzburg getting it done. Even as much of me just being FC Wonder Kid, whatever. I love the names you just mentioned. Uh, I'll even add Lukas Susic is back. Uh, and he is playing ball. Again, I'll add Samson Baidu is going to be a center back that a lot of teams are going to be chasing. Uh, but I also don't think that they've been to the Estadio de Luz yet. Um, and I have a feeling Benfica is going to outclass them there. Um, but we'll see what they do away. Because um, Salzburg is pretty good at getting points when they're at home, um, and sometimes that's enough to get you through, except when you have Inter uh, as the one you're fighting for, and Real Sociedad. Like, this is the baby group of death, I guess. Um, But I I love this matchup, and this is definitely one that I've got circled to watch in its entirety. Um, But I think Benfica is going to be... A little too hard to beat here. They're too good right now. Uh, you agree with yeah. me, so with Benfica. Yeah. But what a video it was. And if you're listening until now, <laughs> let us know in the comment section, okay? And with all your predictions, okay, of this video of Game Week 1 of the Champions League. Champions League is back. And look, go bold and let us know what do you think in the comment section too. A Champions League without yes. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi too. That will be interesting Ooh. to see what's going to happen in the future <laughs> now. But we we said so. Huh? We talked about Brighton. And look, Brighton deserve a special mm. mention in this podcast because the Brighton yeah. team that went against Man United, okay, had a, had a value. What was the value of this team, Brighton? 18.2 million was the value of how much Brighton spent in order to have the lineup that played against Man United. 18.2 million. Players like Mitoma, (laughs) players like Pascal Grob, both cost 3 million. Like, what is this elite deals nonstop? And Adingra, 8 million. That will be a bargain. (laughs) 
another one to bites that bites the dust, and he's going to be sold for a big piece too, as it seems. <laughs> and 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 Lewis Lewis the goat dunk, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, no, li- listen, Pascal Gross, uh, yeah, for three million is just absolutely ridiculous. He's a Swiss Army knife for them. He's like their pressure valve, and he also apparently is Manchester United's boogeyman. He has seven goals and 11 appearances against Manchester United. And this guy can play fullback. He can play midfield. He can play wing. He can play whatever the heck you need him to do. Just put him on the field and he'll do something relatively useful. Um, So, and then to see what they had coming off the bench too. Ansu Fati got his first moments. João Pedro wound up uh, providing the dagger in this game. And, and, And once again, like Brighton just looked the better team. Mm-hmm. They did. They looked the better team. And then you realized they're not doing this at the Amex. They're doing it at Old Trafford mm-hmm. again. And and that in and of itself has got to get Ten Hag fired up <laughs> uh, beyond belief. I, I just don't I don't I know. I, I want to hear more from Manchester United supporters about, uh, you know, beyond the whole Glazer effect, because it's not it's not getting um, dealt with anytime soon. What can be done? Uh, for Ten Hag. I mean, I mean specifics. Like, give me a business plan, right? Be what are you going to do with the Sancho? What are you going to do with... It can't uh, be beyond but... the Glazers because Graham well, Potter Well, then why left... did Ten Hag take the job in the first place? Because Graham Potter left Chelsea. Uh, no, left to Chelsea. And Brighton made the yeah. business decision to get the Serbi, which was a valuable one. And... Like I think the Blazers need to own up more toward towards what their what their investment is happening. Like sell it. But they're not going to. Sell it. Yeah. Like they're not going to. They've already made their money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Then as it seems now, Man United fans, they're just going crazy. And something that the Glazers are pointed fingers a lot. FSG, as it seems, they invested big time. And I think another Mm -hmm. midfielder still needs to come. But Liverpool, as it seems at this beginning of the season, Liverpool are title contenders next to Arsenal and next to Man City, in my point of view. A dark horse that talks to them, you never know. But Klopp made the hard decision of like letting go of yes. a Hendo and now trusting a Shabazzlai, now trusting a McAllister. And that is yep. that ain't easy. A total rebuild. No. And Jurgen Klopp is the manager to beat Pep Guardiola or even Arteta to this Premier League season. That's the level that we expect. And I want to say, special, special, I want to say praise Mohamed Salah, respect for the loyalty and the commitment that you have showed towards Liverpool. He had a hat-trick of assists against Wolves, and Salah will be, rec- will be remembered as one of the best wingers in Premier League history for the talent that he has and the consistency. Yep. Ridiculous. Thank you, Mohamed Salah, for everything that you're doing in the Premier League and in uh, Liverpool too. I have to give a special yeah. shout out to him. He refused no, to get a, 1.5 million a week at Al Etihad this summer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And and they're they're going to come back. They're coming back for him. Don't don't like Next you know. Summer, and and at some point it it will make sense for Liverpool to let him go uh, for that for that type of money. But listen, I feel like this particular fixture, this Liverpool Wolves, Wolves won the first half. Um, Liverpool uh, fought back. This was all Jurgen Klopp, right? Jurgen Klopp made some tough decisions. Uh, Alexis McAllister, I'm going to say it right now. I'm a massive fan of him. I don't think he's been that great since he's joined Liverpool, and he certainly wasn't great in this particular game. So he sacrificed McAllister, brought in Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz 
massive amounts of energy, bundle of joy. Um, he was wonderful to watch, right? And Darwin Nunes as well, very frenetic and everything like that. And I just think Klopp knew what was happening and knew how to fix it. And that that is exactly what Klopp um, is doing. And that's why they are unbeaten. I believe they're second in the table to City, if I'm not wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they're doing it all with a makeshift defense. Uh, Konate's injured. Matip recently injured. Van Dyke injured. Uh, you had Jarrell Kwanza in there as a debutante. You have Joe Go Gomez, who's played center back and he's played right back. He's played everywhere. He's doing it with a makeshift defense. Um, and he got what he needed uh, in this one. This showed you that Klopp is still with it. That last season did not burn him out, did not destroy him. Um, and that, yeah, they are serious, uh, especially if they can get some of these injuries back. Um, but Sobislai, first half, anonymous. Second half, everywhere. That's and it true. was great to see. And, um, and so. you're saying first half and second, the biggest shout-out I want to give to is to Wolves with Pedro Neto that had a great first half. And yeah, João yeah, yeah. Gomes. Pay attention to João Gomes. Very interesting player at Wolves and even Lemina too that I think he, he got a standing ovation when he was substituted because the fans recognize mm -hmm. the talent that he has. Okay, and, he, and he's not the one to blame at this Wolves team. But the one to blame as it was last season as it seems was Antonio Conte oh. at Tottenham. <laughs> and now it's not the case. Tottenham have 13 points in 15 possible <laughs> Four wins, one draw, a brand new defense, and a team that does a remontada, inspired remontada of two goals in under five minutes to beat Sheffield. A tough win, but a win that inspires a new group without Harry Kane. And Jeposte Goklu, yep. the only manager next to Pep Guardiola in the Premier League to be nominated for the FIFA Men's Best uh, Manager. Okay, so this is <laughs> something interesting uh, uh, to note. <laughs> A bit, a bit of a shocking nomination there, let's be honest. But still, um, he he is architected somehow. Um, I don't, it's definitely not through sheer football genius. It's more straight man management, right? It's more providing value to everybody on the team um, and having them like motivated to prove themselves. But listen, this is the latest comeback, the latest remontada in uh, Premier League history. And that, in doing so, and flipping that cool. script on Sheffield United, right, on flipping that script, they have managed to have their best start to a Premier League season since 1965. <laughs> 1965. And Richard Lisson even hey. scored two. Love to I see mean, yeah. The unity of that group. How did the group react yeah. to that goal? Son, oh. Madison, and everyone happy. And look, yeah. the Tottenham defense. Got yeah. to shout out that Tottenham yeah. defense. A Tottenham defense that signed Vuskovic from Ayuk Split that was one of the best players mm. in the youth league. So now you have Udogi, Bohu, uh, Miki van de Ven, Romero leading this new defense. A defense that has huge potential to succeed. Yeah. I am excited for the future, mate. <laughs> you think, uh, you know, I, I, I know Harry Kane will likely lift a Bundesliga trophy by the end of the season, but you think he's even like mildly, mildly like jealous of no. what's going on, of all that camaraderie, no, all that no, no, no. icky, nice stuff? No, but listen, Big Ange afterwards, he was like asked uh, whether or not he should be tempering supporters' expectations. And he said, no, that's football. Yeah. Football is run with your imagination. Let's see what can happen. You know, ultimately, it's all about the highs and it's all about the lows and it's all about supporters. Um, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that the highs last as long. And again, I'm paraphrasing. This is not word for word, but it, it is just wonderful to see um, kind of a different take 
on things and how it is affecting um, this team. And I think that they can get even better. I mean, hell, if Richarlison continues to score, that's great. But it is great for him, considering how in shambles he was mentally after that international window with Brazil. I mean, he was saying he was going to come back and go to a therapist, and hopefully he did. Uh, I don't know if he did it before this game, but he was the architect here. Uh, Kulisevsky's playing good again. Um, and, okay, maybe there might have been a little bit of luck involved, but this is important to understand. Um, this is the best start in 58 years in uh, Premier League history, or I'm sorry, in Tottenham's Premier League history. Um, and that in and of itself is something to hang at least your early season hat on. Uh, we'll see if it continues. Uh, but hey, it was like, that was not the only one, right? Because you had Spurs doing this, and then you had Aston Villa doing the exact same thing to Palace. They were, what, I think it was the 87th minute, John Duran scored, equalized, and then they scored Two goals in the 98th and the 101st minute, and they won three to one. So, I mean, two ridiculous remontadas um, in in one weekend that if you weren't watching, well, let's be honest. I mean, that's why Premier League is a very, very entertaining football club or football club, football league uh, to watch because I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of myself this weekend, uh... um, even while prepping. It's a unique yeah. team. It, no, it's a unique league, Bretton, because only the Premier League has a team that spends $1 billion and looks the way oh it my does. Gosh. Okay, Chelsea, only win this season has been against Luton, 20th mm -hmm. position. Chelsea right now, their injury list is absolutely insane. Something like a voodoo yep. curse must be in the mix with this. I cannot believe that. Reese James, Wesley Fofana, Caicedo, Shukweze, uh, no, Shukwemeka, and Kunku. Yep. <laughs> Lavia. Lavia. Caicedo. Yep. Like, how many injured players are they at Chelsea? This is a mad stat. And this is definitely something that is not helping players like Enzo perform in this club. Cole Palmer came up, came on from the bench, and he was one of the best players seen. And I want to say Mudrik looked so bad, so bad made against uh, Burnmouth. The 0-0 zero, zero yeah. game shows that something needs to change. And more importantly, too, at striker. Nicholas Jackson, yeah. that wasn't a good performance, too, by him. They need inspiration yeah. and something different. And Nkunku, please come back, man. If there's no Nkunku, but, but, uh, there's no Well, goal. I know, but that's... Listen, you, you, have, you have all the money in the world. And you have an owner that wants to literally buy anything that breathes. Okay? Oh, okay, a promising. Every, everyone they bought is incredibly promising. Uh, Enzo and Moises Caicedo were brought in to literally be massive improvements from day one. And the only one that impressed in Chelsea versus Bournemouth was Robert Sanchez. And even he's already had his issues uh, after taking over the one. But listen, this I think I almost have to potentially adjust my eighth place prediction down because statistics are not on their side here. They have 14 goals in their last 16 league games stretching back to last year. That's terrible. Um, and they've scored the fewest goals through five Premier League games in their history, and they've done this two times before. They've got five game, five goals in five games. They've done this two other times in history, Chelsea has, and they have finished bottom half of the table both of those times. Both of those times. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not one for um, saying that it's automatically going to happen, but I blame Poch. Pochettino, in this particular game, should still be able to get the win against Bournemouth. Um, and I think he came out all wrong against this team. Cole Palmer should have been starting to begin with. 
Cole Palmer should have been starting. Put people in there that actually have that that bone in their body, that that urgency in their body that wants to get something done. Sterling, relatively lost. Nicholas Jackson, at least he hit the post, but then he also whiffed on one of those other ones. There's just a lot going on here that I think is self-inflicted. They still have the talent to beat Bournemouth. Credit to Bournemouth. Uh, they need a win, and they don't have one. But listen... Chelsea is it's relatively self-inflicted and you can't just blame the injuries because they decided they bought Nkunku when he was injured. He came back and it's not necessarily surprising that he's injured again. Mm-hmm. It's not. And like that's who you're hanging your hat on? That's who you that's who your savior is? You had a blank check to buy a team, to buy a striker that is guaranteed to give you 15 goals, 20 goals in the Premier League. You didn't. You it's decided true. against it. It's true. I, I don't understand that I agree. at all. And, and we're talking as FC Wonder Kid. We loved, in the beginning, this transfer window. Some of these might even pan out. But none of these buys, save for maybe two, were ones that made Chelsea better from the get-go. And exactly. that makes no sense to me. Exactly. Enzo will not improve Chelsea if he doesn't have a midfielder always playing around him. And Caicedo and Lavia both are injured. That is absolutely mad. And I agree with you, Cole Palmer. Has to be starting from the future in the get-go. And I ask question on my side is, who do you think will get sacked first? Eric Ten Hag or Pochettino? <laughs> or if they're going to get Ooh. sacked this season? I, 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 yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you can't. You can't right now. I mean, I think Pochettino, whatever. I feel like there's revisionist history here going on. I didn't, I didn't speak out enough against Pochettino. Um, so I have no standing to say it's going to be him. Um, but once again, like, who do you bring in? I think if, not if, him? if Pochettino the, leaves Chelsea, I think Chelsea gets or Ruben Emery from Sporting or the Serbi from Brighton. I think they'll try everything yeah, well. to get the Serbi from Brighton. We've seen Graham Potter. <laughs> and we know that Todd Boyley tends to repeat his history once he signed those players. Cucurella, Caicedo, yeah. he likes Brighton. And the Serbi in one year, look what he's doing. I think that could happen, mate. So let I us hope know not what for Brighton's sake. But, and two, <laughs> like uh, Chelsea could become minority owners of Sporting. Let's see if that's going to yeah. be happening. That's a bit of news that was happening here in Portugal. Let us know what you think that, yep. about the Premier League down below. And make sure you like episode 123 if you're listening until now. But yes, this is going to be a big boy topic, especially if you're from the U.S. Messi <laughs> isn't there. Inter Miami don't win. No shocker, as it's as it should be. Okay, from my point of view, as a European watching yeah. MLS and Inter Miami, without okay, Inter Miami with Messi in their last twelve games, they they mm-hmm. were they were unbeaten. The moment he goes, yep. they lose five to two, five to two. Messi that won four nil against Atalanta United in the League's Cup and scored two goals. Messi yeah. elevates the level of everyone around him. No surprise of that. And Busquets didn't look good. Alba didn't look good. Alba, no. But Busquets more on that. No, and Alba I don't blame play. him. I don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Busquets. So I don't blame. I don't blame Busquets for that game. But yeah, it's just. Uh, no, I mean, th- this This is Major League Soccer um, in, in the sense of uh, the salary constraints when it comes down to it at some point will expose some hole 
in your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get it, if you get it good, right? You have a very even team all across the board, like some of the best LAFC teams that have been out there, some of the best Seattle Sounder teams. The Philadelphia Union have got like a nice little experiment going on here. But yeah, if you remove one of your big stars from the equation, you need to have everybody else kind of step up. Now, they went up to Atlanta United, okay? (laughs) They went up to Atlanta United, a team that they beat at home, what, four zip or three zip the last time? Yeah, during League's Cup. And Atlanta United have one of the most rabid fan bases that has been flagging for a little bit as they try and find themselves post, guess who, Tata Martino, who is the current Inter-Miami coach. They won MLS Cup, and they've had a tough time coming back to that type of, like, echelon. But 71,000 people. With Almiron exactly, and Martinez. That now who got a hero's Miami. welcome. Joseph Martinez got a hero's welcome, as he well should, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But listen, 71,000 people showed up not just to see Atlanta United. They showed up to see Leo Messi. And yes, he deserves a rest. Yes, if he has muscle fatigue and he cannot play the uh, game in La Paz in Bolivia that Argentina won, which is a World Cup qualifier, then he probably shouldn't be playing on turf at the Benz. Okay? If you want him to be ready for Open Cup final, I get the Tata Martino decision. With that said, they're seven points behind with, I think, seven games left, two games in hand to DC United. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. He's, he likely, he might have to miss another game because they play Wednesday and they play, I believe, again over the weekend before then they play the U.S. Open Cup final. So... I'm going to say something that's probably counter to anyone out there that's a Messi supporter, which I love Messi. This is nothing against him. I think with this roster construction, it might be a blessing in disguise this season if they do not make MLS Cup playoffs and they focus on winning Open Cup, winning League's Cup, because that sets you up with a healthy Messi, hopefully, healthy Alba, healthy Busquets for one more season together for them to run riot on Major League Soccer next season. Uh, with that said, I doubt Messi's going to be like, oh, I'm just like not going to play the last seven games of the season. You know yeah, he's going to yeah, yeah. go all in. But it ain't his fault that Phil Neville and Inter-Miami uh, got into this ridiculous, ridiculous hole to start the season. Uh, they've only passed one team, This is you know, I, since he's gotten in. I, I want to say this, mate. I think Messi and Busquets and Inter-Miami, ever since he's played, I think... He's destroyed the league. He's destroyed the league. And I think everyone around him has improved. I think this this game against Nashville, which he was scoreless, Messi, was because of fatigue. I completely agree with what you're saying. But, mate, I think Messi will be reaching the MLS finals with this Inter-Miami team because he wants to make a big impression from the start. That's why they brought Messi. And Messi is the greatest player ever. Okay, okay, to play in the MLS, no doubts. And one of the greatest <laughs> to play in football in the history of this yep. game. So I, I well, cannot. Only- Even Campagna scored a worldie. And Campagna oh, is a great. player that is talked now because of this man. Yeah, like the fact that true. Messi didn't play against Atlanta United. Like playing mm-hmm. football in the past. Having a player that is a star player in the locker room. Looking at you saying, yep. are you prepared? Are you focused? Are you mentally ready for what's going to come? They weren't in Tar Miami against Atalanta United because Messi wasn't there. He wasn't involved in the pitch. That's why he but didn't it, make that difference. That, 
but that might and and I have to give uh, give Jordi Alba credit too because I feel like he was not as big of a miss as Lionel Messi, but he was missing. He was mm-hmm. definitely missing. He's humongous in that attack. But one thing is for sure, I mean, that defense is terrible. And Atlanta United, Messi. Uh, And Kamal Miller, who normally does not have howlers like that, did have a howler Mm -hmm. on the day. So give him that benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to it, yeah, without Messi driving the attack, offense is the best defense type of situation. I understand uh, it was Thiago Almada, his teammate, his World Cup champion teammate, um, somebody that obviously idolizes Messi, that wound up with 15 assists this season in Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wound up literally pulling out uh, the same card against Inter-Miami. It was offense is the best defense against a Messi-less Inter-Miami, and they were ruthless. Every chance they could get, they pushed forward, pushed forward. They scored three goals in eight minutes. I mean, that is unheard of, and it shows that there's a glaring hole in that Miami defense. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting whether or not that changes tactics. They didn't They didn't have respect for Messi because there was no Messi there to have respect. It, this will not be the last game that Messi misses this season. Mm-hmm. It will not. I agree. They have seven plus, but plus, plus if you go to MLS Cup, that's what? Might be like another six or seven games, depending on if they get into play-in, right? If they do the play-in. So, and an Open Cup final. So you're talking about 14, 15 games in probably, I don't know, 50 days? But right? still, even days? though of this result, I still believe right now, even Messi being out in some games, I believe Inter Miami will be reaching the playoffs. And I still believe that Inter Miami will, or no, I still believe that Inter Miami are definitely one of the favorites to win the MLS right now with Lionel Messi. I don't see any team one-on-one with Busquets, Alba, and Messi on the pitch. Campagna, Martinez available. Like Benjamin Kramowski improving with Messi uh, uh, next to him. Like, the team looks much better than everyone around them. No one can yeah. beat them, mate. If if you have everybody healthy. But you just mentioned that it's all down to whether or not all three of the players, because no, clearly it's not just Busquets. It's, it's whether or not it's Alba, Busquets, and Lionel Messi on the pitch for Inter-Miami. And I'm just saying that it's, it's a lot with the amount of fe- fixture congestion. Yes, I know they're used to it. They've done it before, but they're not 24 anymore. Yes, I'm not. I mean, Messi's out with muscle fatigue. He would have played if he could have. He would have gone there but if he, he could have. It would have been nice, actually, for him to go to Atlanta United. <laughs> well, imagine if he went to Atlanta United and, like, waved to the fans, right? That would have been pretty cool, right? Um, but listen, no, I'm not betting against Miami. I agree that if they make it to the playoffs and there's a big hole, there's a big hole that they have to dig out of. Um, if they make it to the playoffs, you're absolutely right. They are a favorite. If Messi stays healthy, do you think they're going to get just to the playoffs? Alba and do you think Ethan Miami will be getting to the playoffs? No. Why? Yeah, no. Uh, I, I think I, and it's not Messi's fault. They're going to have to win out. Right. They don't have to win out, but they they are going to have to be relatively flawless from here on out. And by flawless, I mean, they're going to have to literally be uh, physically flawless from here on out. And they have a game Wednesday. They got a game Saturday or Sunday. They got another game, uh, the Open Cup final, which I think they'll win against Houston, uh, which is amazing for your first half a year, right? Not even half a year at the club. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more so the hole that was dug by the, the previous tenure of Phil Neville and the, and the squad. They're just starting hopefully, right? Uh, hopefully Messi's going to be here for more than six months and more than a half a season, right? 
I think they are massive favorites next season if you keep all three of them and you build on this and you give more time to Facundo Farias and you give more time to the young guys to kind of transition into this league. Um, so I, I agree that if they make the playoffs, they are favorites, but I think that the hole might be too deep for them to make the playoffs um, with the amount of time that they'll need to be at their razor sharpness uh, from here on out. And I know like Messi's already missed a game guys. I don't know what you want to, what, what you, he's a human. He's a human with muscle fatigue. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so they're the best humans that has ever touched the turf of a football pitch in the MLS. No doubt to me. And, I'm going to take yeah. the other side. I'm going to say Messi is one of the favorites. Messi that was one of the league cup, the league's cup in such a short period of time, a contender to win the open cup too. And let's wait and see if everything's going to happen. Let us know down below your opinion. Okay. And like this video <laughs> for more topics of the MLS, just like this. Will Messi reach the MLS playoffs? Will they win? Do you believe they would will win and who will beat them too? If you're saying that they're not winning, I want to know who do you think is going to beat this team, beat this team. Mm. Very interesting to know. Let us know down below but we wanted to talk here about a phenom too in the podcast something that has for fc wonder kid fans has touched us by surprise okay and it's yep. not just ferrati that is going to qatar right breton <laughs> you're right not just ferrati not just coutinho uh the average age of a bunch of the other high profile or close to high profile signings it's a different tack than saudi arabia but the average age is 21 21 years old um, I just did not give it enough attention because all of the high-profile names going to Saudi Arabia kept me at bay um, from looking at it. And I don't know what Qatar's agenda is except building their league with young, really good players and a few star players that want to go there. Mm -hmm. uh, but listen, I mentioned in a couple podcasts ago that when Gabri Vega was signed, I felt like that was the first one that I looked at and I said, holy crap, in Saudi Arabia. Well, I'm going to say the same about Fabricio Diaz, the U-20 captain for Uruguay, who just won the U-20 World Cup, um, signing for a very paltry sum of like six, seven million euros, signing at El Garrafa. Um, and on top of that, they signed Seydou Sano, um, who happened to be the AFCON winner with the Senegalese U-20s as well. So I am... You have my attention, Qatar. That's all I have to say because you can go through all of their teams. Al Rayon signed Gabriel Pereira for $10 million from NYCFC and Andre Amaro from Vitoria. Ibrahima Diallo from Southampton and Ibra Bamba from Vitoria are at Al Duhail. I'm sorry if I'm mm -hmm. getting these names wrong. Giovanni and Gonzalo Plata. Giovanni oh, from Palmeiras, 19 years old. He's at Al Saad. Which I believe is the most the, the the most winning team in Qatari history, um, and then you have uh, a couple others. You've got Simo Qadari from Espanyol, who is uh, very you know one of their top prospects, um, signing for Al Arabi, joining Verratti there. So no, this is not at the scale and the scope of Saudi Arabia. This does not have that twenty thirty twenty billion dollars or whatever those numbers are we saw. But man, it is enough to get my my attention. They might not care about that. Uh, but this is a strategy I can I can get behind. It's just whether or not, Alex, do you think that in signing these players, do you think that they will stay long enough to grow with the Qatari uh, Stars League, or do you think it's like, hey, mm -hmm. 
one two years here, get my payday, and I'm 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 back to UEFA land. I think Qatar knows what's gonna happen in the next three to five years in football. Honestly, Breton, I think these okay. signings that we're seeing are better signings than a lot of other countries that have their own leagues. In a Croatian league, you don't know, you don't see these type of signings. And I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of like if if R Romanian league, Croatian league, so many leagues that have historic teams, Serbian league. They can't spend yep. to get a Ibrahima Bamba and Andrea Maru that was two at Vitoria yeah. Guimarães that I quite know really well. Great centre-back signings. And you said Fabricio Diaz, a star player in the Under-20 World Cup. That is fucking huge Breton. But I think the plan is for them to be contending in the AFC Champions League and to be with a better national team too. Qatar looked horrible horrible in yeah. their own world cup in their own nation <laughs> i think they were the first host nation to be knocked out in the first two games okay or to look as bad as they did i can't remember a host nation to look as bad as they did and they had a creme fif yeah. they had promising names pedro miguel right back yeah. i remember <laughs> all good times mm -hmm. with the world cup but i think they know that they have to elevate their own league in order to elevate the status quo of players uh, qatari players so I see that uh, yeah. as a consequence to improve in the future. But it's bold. And you, it is bold. It is bold. Um, I am comfortable saying that. Um, and listen, if you're skeptical about the Saudi Pro League, if you're skeptical about the Qatari Stars League, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned something earlier, and that's what I'm going to definitely be watching because it includes a massive swath of football that we don't generally talk or hear about, at least in, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, and that will be that AFC Champions League. Mm -hmm. I'm watching that. Uh, because I would love to see, um, you know, I'd love to see Fabrizio Diaz uh, from Algarafa, Al right, uh, go up against, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nasser. Exactly. And Al Nasser, yeah. I mean, or a J-League team um, where some of these guys like Matoma came from. They've all come from somewhere. And to know more um, about these teams or to know more about the K-League is something that I 100% invite all across uh, what is a massive population population center, but also a massive uh, footballing center that that has not even remotely scraped the surface uh, of uh, of what they can build. So yeah, we can talk about the politics of it. That's not what FC Wonder Kid is for. But Qatar, you got my attention, bringing in Wonder Kid after Wonder Kid, and I'm I'm here for it, and I'm going to be watching from here on out. And the so. AFC Champions League, like you mentioned with Christian Ronald, he'll be having his debut on Tuesday, and he'll if he doesn't lose that match, if Christian Ronaldo wins or draws on Tuesday in his debut in the AFC Champions League, he will have his 1,000th game unbeaten. It's not a thousandth game unbeaten beaten man that's what ridiculous Damn. mate okay with wins and draws if that okay. happens so it's always a reason to well. sir tune in and now see a new part of the hemisphere with football too do you have any last shouts sure. for the podcast Bretson? because i want to say on my end about Bayer leverkusen yeah. okay i just want to oh say that was me a special no, no, no. <laughs> a special moment for them because a 2-2 draw against Bayern munich yeah. a late goal chabi alonso chabi ball is absolutely real. Europa League contenders and Bundesliga contenders right now. They have four wins, That's great. one draw, 21 goals scored, and only five conceded. A new team yeah. with a new identity with Xabi Alonso. That Xabi Alonso, with Breton, is the leading candidate yeah. to replace 
Carlo Ancelotti right now at, at, at Real Madrid. Even though I know he Obviously, extended with Leverkusen two years, I think Xabi sure. Alonso could be that guy. Raul yeah. is not going to be happy. <laughs> no, no, he's not going to be happy. But I, I'm going to do you one better there. And I'm going to say, I, if I'm Liverpool and I'm looking for a Jurgen Klopp successor, and there's history there, um, why wouldn't you be talking to Xabi Alonso at any but at any sense. point, right? It makes sense. He's a yeah, Liverpool but, legend, Xabi Alonso, that is much better than Stevie G right now, seen coaching-wise, which is an interesting, yeah. interesting fact. It's true, Bretton. Yeah, and just just so we you know that we're listening to you, whether it's commenters on TikTok or on YouTube or wherever, uh, we, we're working on the name. I know it's not Boniface. Uh, it's Victor <laughs> Boniface. 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 Victor Boniface. Boniface. Face, okay. one of the best strikers we got face. in the Bundesliga <laughs> right now. It's true. And when yeah. Xabi Alonso started, they were 16th in the league. Right now, they're yeah. first competing with Bayern Munich and not losing in the Allianz Arena with Florian Wirtz, with Bonnie Face, with Jeremy Fringpong, with Hinkapi coming off the bench. So many ridiculous options. But I wanted to do, true. inspired with this, Breton, and inspired by mm -hmm. two, uh, Betanu, just giving a shout out to them, a start bench cell mm -hmm. that I saw today of, <laughs> okay. I don't know if you saw my story, Breton, but if you, if you did, you would be prepared, but a start bench cell inspired oh. with Everkusen, start bench cell, Jamal Musiala, Xavi Simmons, and mm -hmm. Florian Wirtz, three ballers in the Bundesliga. Oh. Who would, what would gosh, you do here? Gosh, gosh, gosh. Yeah, well, this is tough because Musiala is injured right now. So like my brain is warbled, but no, I, I know. <laughs> <sighs> okay, know? I'm going to be ruthless here. Here, mm. here I'm going to be ruthless here. I'm going to start Jamal Musiala. I'm going to bench Xavi Simmons and I'm going to sell Florian Wirtz solely on his injury history. There you go. Uh, ten months out, Florian Wirtz. Calculated and, he, and German German people better hope that Florian Wirtz is bowling out until the Euros because they need someone yeah. new. I'm gonna go with start Jamal Musiala. I would bench two Xavi Simmons mm -hmm. and I would sell Florian Wirtz because Xavi Simmons is rising to every obstacle in his career. At PSV, True. more than twenty goal involvements. Right now, more than seven goal involvements in seven games in the Bundesliga. Watch out. Huge. So, and Jamal Musiala yeah. has to start. Whoever. But let us know. If you're listening yeah. until yeah, yeah. now, comment. We will know that you're listening until now if you put the start bench shell of Jamal Musiala, Florian Wirtz, and Xavi Simmons. Well, I got you there, and we will know if you're listening until the end. But let us know, too, of any other topic, the comments down below. What are your opinions? What are topics that we should discuss, too, in the podcast? We want to know your thoughts and don't forget to like episode 123 and follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify instagram and on tiktok people thank you for going bold another week and make sure you go bold in your life people <laughs>